Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the One Minute Writing Tip Podcast. I am so excited for today's author guest, Carolyn Smith. Carolyn is a mom, editor, and a writer. She has an MFA in creative writing and a BA in English literature. She's recently published a short story collection called Shadows in the South and also has a contemporary romance novel available. And she also has an upcoming paranormal romance on the way. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So will you just get us kicked off by sharing about your journey through publishing and your background and expertise in the industry? Absolutely. So I have been in this industry for the last 12 years. I was very fortunate to get right out of school um, from with my BA and start with a small publishing company. And I started as kind of an associate editor for them and then pretty quickly moved up to a senior editor role. So I've been doing this for about 12 years, and I have watched this industry change significantly in that amount of time. It's been pretty impressive, amazing, terrifying, all all of those adjectives, all at the same time, to just try to keep up with everything that's happening and all of the changes that are happening in publishing. But I've been fortunate to uh, be an editor for almost 500 books. Um, in the last 12 years, and I won an editorial award for IBPA Ben Franklin Awards um, with one of my authors for excellence in editorial and design. And then a few years ago, I decided that I had been focusing on everyone else's writing for a long time and wanted to kind of turn some attention to my own creative pursuits. And so that's when I decided to go back and get my um, MFA in creative writing. And I just finished this past May. And it was an amazing experience. I highly recommend it if you have the ability to go workshop, you know, work with either just a small writing group that you go see over a weekend, or if you can do an MFA program. I think it's been incredibly beneficial, not only for my own writing, but also for my authors that I work with when I'm doing editing and author coaching with them as well. Wow, that's amazing. And it sounds like such a rich journey of growth and learning. And like you said, just seeing the dynamic changes in the industry, which I definitely understand that aspect of it. It's it's amazing how different it is now than how it was even only a few years ago, let alone even longer than that. And yeah, and, and to your point, it is definitely valuable to have, you know, the right learning and the right support and the right people around you that help you grow and expand your abilities and all of that. So as you've had this experience in the industry, and you've worked with such a broad amount of different authors, talk to me about the different genres and different audiences and, you know, how you approach that in your own writing. That's a great question. I have edited pretty much everything, you know, that is content. I did when I was freelance um, for a little while, I did medical journals, academic journals. That content is obviously very different than something like fiction because we're getting rid of all of the fluff and, you know, it's basically subject, verb, direct object, you know, get to the point information. And I've also done a number of books for business for people that are kind of, I think a lot of business books are used as leave behind marketing. And so that's a great way to kind of draw attention to your business. But I've also done children's books, fiction, fantasy, romance. I've kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything. I think fiction is really my favorite um, because it allows a really unique collaborative opportunity with the author in order to help expand or create worlds and build worlds. And it's, it is a very collaborative process. And to have that support with you is, is just really rich. 
And I, you know, my own journey has been in fiction in the last few years. And it's just a very different process. You know, it's a very different writing journey in general to create kind of move from that mindset of, as you know, in when we're getting our English lit degree, it's all analytics and analyzing literature and citing sources and things like that. And then in fiction, it's really just creating this movie in the mind of the reader and trying to do that to the best of your ability, not only helping people do that as an editorial service, but also as a writer. That's really the ultimate goal is to be able to be that director of their imagination. And I think it's such a powerful tool that we have. Thank you so much for sharing that huge insight. And I totally agree with you. I think that writing fiction is such a dynamically different aspect of the journey. And it takes a certain thing to do nonfiction, you know, and, and it really expresses your, you know, your own story or a, a certain type of vulnerability. But then fiction is like a whole different ballgame. And it, there, it, there's so many aspects and facets and development. And so, yeah, I love that you shared that. So along with that same point, you mentioned the the part of you being an editor and coming alongside authors and coupling with them, really helping them to expand and to grow and to build those worlds. So so talk about the importance for, especially for nonfiction, or sorry, for fiction writers, uh, the importance for them to partner with an editor and to get that feedback and that growth along the journey. I think it's really easy to be very myopic in when you're writing. And and as a writer, I can say that, right? <laughs> like um, you get tunnel vision and it's really hard to go outside of that. And it's hard to see some of the things that we really need to see as writers. And, and I think that's a huge benefit of also workshopping, but really having an editor that's going to be not only your cheerleader, but also really support you throughout the process and point things out that you need to see. And sometimes that could be, you need to have more character development with this character because they're coming across as pretty one dimensional. And, you know, we need to build that a little bit, or it could be with setting. We need to really, where are we help ground me in this scene? You know, it could be for just minor things. And that that may be more of what we would call a developmental role with, as an editor, where they're really kind of helping you shape the work a little bit. But even just as far as line edits and copy editing, I've gone through an entire book where the character's name changed halfway through and the author had read it and sent it to beta readers and didn't, no one realized, or that the character's eye color changed from chapter three to chapter seven. And so those are those really critical details that we're looking for in the editorial process that, you know, even as an author, I can reread my work seven or eight times and completely miss something because my brain already knows basically what the idea is and what the scene is. But it's not until someone else can come in with kind of a fine tooth comb um, and really comb through things that can help me see that. And I hire editors for all of my work (laughs) as well, even as an editor. I need that professional eye to still say, okay, this is great, but we need a little bit more here. And I think it's just a really important part of the support process through the writing and publishing journey as well. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, and I have to say, I, I I learned that lesson the hard way with book number one, with, you know, just, oh, beta readers and all that is fine. And then, oh, man, it was like, okay, I, I learned that lesson and I got the editor opinion and I thought, wow, I will never put out a book without having it go through my my editor, you know, so yeah, absolutely. So along with that, as you're talking about, you know, your experience as a writer and how even as an editor yourself, you know, you still get the editor opinion and and make sure that you get that third party view because you don't your brain does miss stuff. It does already know all the pieces. 
Um, but in addition to that, with your own journey and your growth and your help with other authors, what other pieces of advice would, what would be your top pieces of advice really that you would offer to aspiring authors who maybe they have a certain idea about what it's supposed to look like, or they struggled for a long time, but they have fears about the process. Um, and they're, they're ready to, to put that aside and say, okay, I'm going to make this happen, but what do I do? What would be your top advice pieces for them? Well, I think the, the biggest piece of advice I could give is, you know, don't feel stuck. Um, and, and that kind of goes across several different things. There's kind of some sub themes in there, but the first part of that is I don't personally believe in writer's block. And I think that that's a controversial topic for a lot of people, um, because there's always something to write. Even if it's not in the book that you're currently writing, you can still move into something else and write something else and keep that writing part of you flowing. So let's just say you're working on chapter 12 and you want to move to chapter 13, but you have a great idea for chapter 14 or you already know what needs to go into chapter 14. Just move right along. Insert something in your manuscript that says, come back to this later and then move to the area that you already have the idea for the information for. And that goes on across any genre. But the other thing that I would say is try to stay playful. I am a big proponent of writing in multiple genres because I think sometimes we get locked into one thing and it it lets us not experiment with who we really are and what we're trying to be in the creative process. And people write for different reasons, right? I really want to write to learn more about my own creative process and what I'm capable of as a writer. And so that means that I'm doing contemporary romance or paranormal romance or most recently Southern Gothic because I was really passionate about Southern Gothic while I was working on this collection. And I wanted to just try and see if it was something that resonated with me and resonated with other readers. And so far, so good. Um, I mean, it's been going pretty well. And that's been wonderful. You know, it was just pushing me to do something a little bit different. And I think that that's something we could all use is to get outside of our comfort zones and just try something. So if fiction is not working for you, go try nonfiction or a children's book. Or if you're in fiction, but you're in romance, try fantasy and just try different things and see what works. And that works even within your manuscript. If it's in first person point of view, and that's not working for some reason, change a chapter to the third and see if that helps and gets you more traction. And I think that we have these kind of ideas of exactly who we're supposed to be as writers, and we can't go outside of that. But break all the rules. As long as you know what they are, go break them, go do your own thing, do your do it your own way. And I think that's a question I get asked a lot. Is it okay for me to do this? And I my answer is always try it try. What can happen? Just try it. See if you like it. See if your characters resonate with it. If we're talking about fiction and if not, try something else. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I love those points that you mentioned about, you know, experimenting and letting yourself have fun and just explore and not be nailed down to certain ideologies that you might've been taught, you know, in school or from what you've heard from other people or whatever, because I believe that every writer has their own unique process and style. And, and it's important for writers to find what that is and then embrace it and, and develop it. And so I love that you shared that. So thank you for, for mentioning that as well. So as I, I just have to ask too, are you still coaching and editing alongside of this or are you just solely focused on your books now? I am. I'm still coaching and editing, not at the same volume that I was probably a year ago, 
but I am still taking clients and I'm still working, you know, and doing author coaching. And it's, it's great because I get to, you know, help shape other people's work. And I had a client many, many years ago who called me a book midwife. Um, and, and I love that term. And it really is true, though, because we're basically helping birth these creative ideas and bring them out into the world. And there's something that's incredibly fulfilling about that. So I don't think I will ever, you know, even if I become a New York Times bestselling author, um, let's hope that happens one day. I don't think I would ever be able to take off that editorial hat or that author coaching hat because I really just love working with clients and helping them not only have a dream come true because everybody wants to write and publish a book, if we're being honest, but it's really part of it is that, but the other part is challenging them to do something they didn't think they could do. And then all of a sudden the look on their faces when they go, I'm an author or I'm a writer. And they really begin to embrace that. That's such a magical moment for me to be able to witness alongside them. And, you know, there's struggles and challenges, of course, along with that for everyone, but it really just is one of the most amazing endeavors that I think I've ever been a part of. And I'm so humbled and honored to be able to share that with them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. It, it, there's no feeling in the world like it, other than maybe having a baby. I yes, would say yeah, <laughs> as a mom, as a fellow mom, you know, you can probably understand, you know, that nothing beats having a baby. But then the second best thing is like holding your book for the first time, because, you know, it's so true. It is like, it is like birth, you know, because you just go through this like such this long process. There's so much work that goes into it. And, it, and you know, so it, I totally agree. You nailed it on the head with that one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. And it feels like it's never going to be done. And then all of a sudden, here it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and then there's kind of that, that realization afterward of, oh, now there's all these other things. Right. You know, like, yep. Oh, okay. Now, now it comes next. Right. And so, there, and that's a whole other conversation, but you know, it, and it's, it's the same thing when you have the baby, it's like, Oh, now what, you know, like <laughs> you're, you're going to have like the sleepless nights and, and, you know, teaching them how to talk and walk and, you know, and then all the things for the next 18 years or whatever, you know, it's, it's just, it's an ongoing process, but it's, it's the greatest adventure. If you just learn to have fun and go along with it and do it to the best of your ability. So there's a lot of parallels there there for sure with with books and babies. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. then the real work begins, right? Yeah. The parenting work begins and then the marketing work begins. And it's not something you're ever really rid of, right? You know, you just keep if you once you have a book, you just keep going with the book right. and you keep doing the yeah. thing. It's an yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a growing process, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it and it can become just even more fun and great the longer you do it, because oh, I think a lot of people think that you put the book out there and then that's it. And it's like, no, there's it, it, the book is out there now forever. And so you continue to grow as a person and as a writer and you grow in your marketing efforts and you grow your community and you you do all these different things that help it to continue to flourish and impact even more people. And, and with sticking with the same analogy, you know, like as your child gets older, you teach them more things and they learn how to interact in society and become a person of their own and stand on their own. And, you know, there's just all these different elements and it's just so beautiful. I love it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting too, if, if you have more than one child, you'll know that you feel like you, you know what you're doing after you've raised the first one or once you're a few years in, and then you have the second one and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's yes. the same thing with the book process. Once you've done the first one, you're like, Oh, I got this. I know what I'm doing. 
And then you move into the second one and you're like, wait a minute, no, maybe I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I think that's especially true if you are being playful with your genres and what you're learning and what you're experiencing as you go along. And many of us are going to look at that first book and go, why did I put this out? You know, this was, what was I doing? But that's um, a show of growth, you know, that you have been able to grow in your writing and your ability to put words on the page. And the process may be different the second time than it was for the first one. And that's okay. Yeah, a hundred percent. You continue to grow as a person and, you know, regardless of what, what the analogy is, you just, you, we all continue to grow and learn as we, as we move forward. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I am curious, will you share a little bit more about the shadows in the South collection and the contemporary romance and then about your upcoming book as well? Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I grew up in the South, so we, you know, it seems like we're born reading Flannery O'Connor and William Faulkner, but I really didn't have the kind of appreciation for it that I've grown to have until I was in my MFA program. And we read Flannery O'Connor's A Good Man is Hard to Find, and I just completely fell in love with it all over again. I mean, it's a beautiful piece of work. It's tragic. It's wonderful. The scenes are amazing. But what we did in this program was really dissect that work and see, and, and all kinds of works, but see how the language is being created down to the sentence structure of how all of this is working together, why she's including names or not including names in something and what that might mean. So that was a really neat process. And I just kind of sat down one day, I had been working on a novel and I sat down and I thought, I'm just going to play and see what I come up with, with this. And then I created an entire short story collection which part of it was my thesis for my MFA program. And I just had a lot of support from a lot of my professors and my peers that, you know, felt like Southern Gothic is something that we don't see very often. So I understand completely that it's a little bit of a niche market, you know, but it's just, I think it's really interesting to look at both the dark and light side of who we are as people and kind of some of that tragedy, which is very different than the romance that I typically write that always has a happy ending. But I think it it really kind of shows the balance that I try to achieve as a human being with that darkness and that light side, because we all have both. So the Southern Gothic really just allows me to kind of play with that in a different way than the contemporary romance. And a few years ago, I, I did put out a book for, um, actually, I wrote it during NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. And it's called Under a Blanket of Blue. And it's about a woman who lives out on a ranch in Wyoming and um, kind of has a second chance romance. And I did actually live out in Wyoming for a little while on a dude ranch. So part of it was from real life, at least the setting. And so that was just a really neat way for me to draw on some of my own life experiences. And then the paranormal romance that I have coming out in January is completely different because I she's an Egyptologist. Um, she falls in love with a ghost. And I, I have obviously never had that experience, but one of my favorite books growing up, um, well, romance novels growing up was called, now I can't think of the name. It's by, um, oh my goodness, Kendrick, Stardust of Yesterday. I'm seeing it now, right now, <laughs> by Lynn Curlin. And it's also what now we would call a paranormal romance where she falls in love with a ghost. And it was one of my favorites, just as kind of an introduction to romance when I was probably 16. And um, all the women in my life read romance novels. So I figured that it would be something that I did at some point in my life. But it just, you know, it's happy and it takes us out of the world for a while. And so I can move from that very tragedy stricken Southern Gothic haunted feel into something that's happier. 
And it puts my mind at ease (laughs) that I can create both worlds. But it's definitely a very different audience for both of those. But it's a joy to be able to bring people joy and let them I read for escapism, you know, and, and I read all the time for work, obviously, as an editor, that's pretty much all I'm doing. And to just be able to escape into something happy where we know there's going to be a happy ending is just such a wonderful place to be as an author, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it sounds like they're extremely fun in their own ways. And so that's really exciting, because I think that whenever you have fun, and you explore a lot of those aspects as a writer, it comes out in the writing and then the reader has a lot of fun experiencing that for the story, feel what you're feeling as the author. And that's always super fun. So that's great that you're exploring those different elements for yourself and seeing what comes out and what ideas you're, you're playing with. So I love that. So if someone's listening and they're just loving what they're hearing and they would love to have your input on their books or get help with you, or even just check out your stories, how can they do that? How can they connect with you and, and, and you know go further with you? Uh, the best way is through my website. It's editorcaroline.com. And I have all my books listed there, but I also have my availability um, for editing and author coaching as well as some rates there. So they can check that out. And my email is, address is also listed on there. And I have a newsletter. So if they want to keep up with what's going on with books, they can subscribe to that and get updates monthly. I am terrible about keeping up with my newsletter on a weekly basis. So I promise not to spam anybody um, with information. So about once a month is about all I can can promise to put out. But it's, you know, it's been such an amazing journey. And I'm so thankful for all of the authors that I've worked with so so far and to date. And yeah, that's how they can reach me. Awesome. Sounds amazing. So for all my listeners, if you do want to enjoy Southern Gothic or other types of romance stories, or even just to come alongside Carolyn and work with her and have her input on your books, then definitely check out Carolyn and her books. Uh, I will include her details in the description for you guys. And Carolyn, thank you again so much for joining me on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So for all my listeners, thank you so much also for tuning in. Hope you leave a review wherever you're listening from, and I hope to see you on the next episode.